Chunk already got to the police. Maybe Chunk is dead. Don't say that. Never say that. Goonies never say die. You're gonna need a bigger boat. That's my trademark. All right. Welcome back to the Watch Pile. I'm Lori. And I'm Steve. And tonight we're going to watch Gremlins. Finally. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> I was so amazed. This was kind of like a Goonies thing. I couldn't understand why you had never seen this movie. Yeah, I just, uh, you know, being, um, being a scaredy cat. It was, you know, every, when I was a little kid, I just always thought that it looked like it was supposed to be a scary movie. And, uh, until I got, like, old enough to give a shit, I just didn't bother watching it. So, it just, it, you know, when I didn't see it when I was a little kid because I thought it was a horror movie. And then, as I got older, there were other things that I wanted to check out. So, Gremlins just kind of got passed over, over time. Even though I was aware it was like, you know, kind of a classic, mm-hmm. even when, even when I was like in college and it only been out for like, you know, 15 years. So <laughs> Only 15 years at that point. Wait, yeah. So I'm 35. <laughs> I think that's a fact I might bring up a few times tonight for some reason. That so. you're old? <laughs> yeah. And this movie came out 30 something years ago. Mm-hmm. All right. So Gremlins came out in 1984. It is PG, surprisingly. The like I read that this was like the last PG movie, like because of this and Temple of Doom. Well, everybody knows that, but I was reading it like on Wiki or something, and it said only a few weeks later the MPAA came out with PG thirteen. Yeah, pretty but much. This was one of the catalysts for the PG thirteen rating. Steven kind of Steven Spielberg pretty much told them like why don't you just change it then because yeah. everybody freaked out about this yeah so. and i mean this is definitely a creepy movie it's it's not it's it's made to be a kid's horror movie it's it's not necessarily it's like an are you know, afraid of the dark episode yeah in a yeah. way you could it could have been like you know it's, it's are like, you afraid of the dark colon gremlins gremlins or something, or something yeah <laughs> Uh, Runtime is an hour and 46 minutes. That's nice. I know, right? It's a nice, nice smooth. Um, it is directed by Joe Dante, mm-hmm. and it was written by Christopher Columbus. Ha ha ha. Sorry, Chris Columbus. And that's uh, that's always a mark of quality, is Chris Columbus's name on stuff. And mm-hmm. people always say, like, whenever Joe Dante directs something, people get excited, and I just I can see it's because of this movie. Mm-hmm. And even if everything else that he's made is crap, like you can, it's definitely one of those. Well, he made Gremlins, so <laughs> it's like he's got that going for him. Yeah. Uh, movie stars Zach Galligan, which I actually I looked him up, and he didn't do much after yeah. this. He's done like bit parts, and that's about it. Yeah, no, nothing else. Um, 
Phoebe Cates, the wonderful Phoebe Cates. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has Hoyt Axton as playing his father, play, playing Billy's father. Uh, John Louis as who is only credited as Chinese boy, but what what were we calling him? Oh, um, yeah, the fake top short round, round. <laughs> short top round, round. top round. He is Whoa, top wait round. A <laughs> We have to cut out my stupidity sometimes. <laughs> Isn't that a cut of meat? <laughs> it's a cut yeah, of meat. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> it also has uh, Corey Feldman as random little kid. Right, yeah. But he is the catalyst for everything, even though he is a random I was little gonna, kid. I, that's in my notes. I said, mm-hmm. it's all your fault. Uh, it also has Dick Miller, who is one of my all-time favorite actors. He's a, he's a great that guy. Actor. He's a great that guy, and he's in a lot of things, and... I, in one of my notes in, in here, there was uh, um, I was very excited that Uncle Willie is the one that gives us the plot point drop. Like, he gives us the, the uh, info drop. Um, he plays, Dick Miller plays Uncle Willie in Demon Knight. Oh, And right. he does pretty much the same thing in that movie, too. <laughs> Great. I can't wait. I cannot wait for you to watch that movie. He was there for the Bell Riots in Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. And uh, Polly Holiday plays Mrs. Deagle. Mm. bitch all she does is want to kill the dog the whole freaking movie and judge reinhold i was like i knew there was one judge, other person yep, judge, judge reinhold. reinhold and um uh jonathan banks yes jonathan who went banks. on to play mike on breaking bad that's his most famous he's he was also on deep space nine for an episode dude everybody has done star i know trek. everybody's done star trek but you know i'll i'll be the one to point him out and as the we're gonna talk about some uh, some voices. Oh, as, of course. As the voice of Gizmo, we have Howie Mandel. This our we were just in love with Howie Mandel in the mid-80s. We were because he did this cute little kid voice, and that's how we got um, Bobby's World. Right. And he just he could do no wrong well, because he, was, he did all these weird voices. He was big. He he was a stand-up. He did the voice, mm-hmm. which gave way to Bobby's World later. But he was on Saint Elsewhere. Yep. At, for at least the first couple of years, um, you know he's he's been around a long time. It's amazing, but mm. uh, yeah, no. When when you pointed that out to me that he plays Gizmo, I was like, is it really? And then then Gizmo and opened then he his said mouth. Something, and I was like, oh yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's definitely that's definitely how Mando. And the wonderful Frank Welker, of course, plays Stripe, of course. And uh, there were a couple of other people that I love who were in the voice cast including uh peter cullen mm-hmm. you mentioned frank welker who of yep. course is megatron mm-hmm. and peter cullen is optimus prime so we've got the two of them in there working to they saw each other a lot in the 80s yeah but um whom whom else did i put down oh michael winslow i saw was in there as well mm-hmm. um and mike sheehan and mike sheehan <laughs> yes <laughs> So that's an inside family joke. My uncle is is Mike Sheehan. So we were very uh, <laughs> very happy when we were floating through the credits, and all of a sudden it was voices of all these the voices of all of the gremlins and the Mogwai. Mike Sheehan. We were like, oh my god. Was there one actor per Mogwai slash Gremlin though? According to IMDb, I feel I feel like there was enough voice talent for each Mogwai. Well, more than likely, there there were people doubled up, but Howie and Frank got top billing with actual names, and then everyone else is just credited as Mogwai. Mm-hmm. And there are there's seven different act different 
voice actors labeled for mogwai. I'm saying, I think that there may have so. been seven mogwai. So. So that's one. That's one perf. There it's, are. It's biblical. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right. Let me find a. Uh... What you're looking for. I wanted to give a brief synopsis. Oh, a right. brief synopsis. Brief, please. Uh, I like this one. Sure, he's cute. Of course you can keep him. But heed these three warnings. Don't ever get him wet. Keep him away from bright light. And the most important thing, the one thing you must never forget, no matter how much he cries, no matter how much he begs, never, never feed him after midnight. With these mysterious instructions, young Billy Peltzer takes possession of his cuddly new pet. He gets a whole lot more than he bargained for. But enough about me. Brief history on this movie for me. Um, I actually don't remember when I first saw it. But I've definitely seen it a million times, mm-hmm. and I've seen the second one a million times. Well, actually, no, I've probably seen the second one probably four or five times. But I've seen this one a million times. This is a, it's not a traditional Christmas movie per se, but it pops up, it used to pop up on various channels all the time during this time of year. It's more of a Christmas movie than Die Hard is, I'll say <laughs> that much. I don't know, that might be fighting words for some people. Well, I know <laughs> some people, but those are also the people who are just going to say it to sound like they're cool yeah that's true gremlins really is this is a christmas movie yeah so die hard i i will also say yeah sure it's a christmas movie fine but it's more of a movie that takes place at christmas yeah versus as opposed to so this one yeah i agree with you this is more of a christmas movie yeah um but i always thought that you i mean you know me you guys don't know me very well yet, but you know me very well. I hope um, I do. <laughs> I know, right? Um, I'm always rooting for the villain, and I, I always find the villain more fascinating than the hero. I think the hero is just kind of meh. And so uh, the heroes are always the same, no matter where you go and what story you have. Mm. But the villains are always different. And the um, this is one of the only movies that I wasn't rooting for the villain. I didn't want the Kriblins to win. I wanted... I wanted Billy and everybody to win. Right. And I, I wanted Gizmo to win. And I was so sad for Gizmo at the end of this movie. And I remember there was a point in college that I watched this movie and I may have been drunk. Probably <laughs> was very drunk. And I just remember being like, just Gizmo. He's just, why? Yeah, I was so sad and I was crying. And then I was like, all right. I think that may have been the last time I saw this movie in its entirety oh, really? from beginning to end. Okay. Um, I've definitely seen... Throughout the years, I've seen like 20 minutes here, 30 minutes there, or caught it halfway through and watched it till the end, things like that. Um, But I've always loved this movie, and and I've always loved Gizmo. And my my ability to always love childish things was super excited when Furbies came out. Oh, yeah. Because I had my own Gizmo, and then somebody was smart enough to mod a Furby to make a gizmo furby oh perfect and then they eventually released a gizmo furby and i wanted one so damn bad Oh, now i want one and i could never find one i'm gonna we're gonna have to search and see if we can find one he really is kind of like a furby he is and i when they came out i was like dude that's gizmo he can talk you know all that stuff so (laughs) i was so mad when those furbies came out because it's like you're ripping off gremlins like that's totally gizmo that's totally a mogwai wow man (sighs) i never put that together oh yeah i I was angry teenager when that happened (laughs) (laughs) okay so this uh, movie starts out and with a voiceover by uh billy's dad mr what's his name it's mr peltzer but it's like sam or something like that oh yeah shit and um, he has a name yeah (laughs) 
he has a name we should be nice enough to actually say what his name is well i thought he was like when we started watching this i thought he was joe don baker at Mm. first and i thought that was like i thought that was cool enough i'd never heard of hoyt axton the actor um but i really i love this guy i gotta say i love his his delivery Mm -hmm. he's got a very dry wit about him and Mm -hmm. he just really elevates what could already be like you know a decent role and Mm -hmm. turns it into a great role yeah um (coughs) his name is randall oh rand oh of course it is yeah it's randall that's like a perfect name so he is randy to his friends (laughs) he is an amateur semi-professional inventor uh everything he invents works for the first couple of weeks according to his his wife and then after that explodes <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> and he is uh wandering around chinatown looking for a christmas gift for his son and he follows short round into the basement at universal city <laughs> yeah oh this is such a such a movie set i mean without even watching because we watched the um the behind the scenes stuff afterwards but it's like so obviously a um you know the back lot yeah that um it's like not even funny but it, it <laughs> you know they do a great job with it though. they do and uh he goes down into you know the, the 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 down the stone stairway into grandpa's magical bookshop or whatever the hell it is and um <clears throat> we meet the old Chinese man who has um, a mugwai for sale. He just said, well, he has a, he has a traditional, it looked to me like a traditional or, uh, Asian medicine shop. So it like, there were, ran- right, there yeah. was like random dragon things. And things that, but there was least, like, you know, out of a movie. Yeah. The movie version of it <laughs> with know. like the, you know, the wall of drawers and things like that, that you would pull your stuff out of and things like, that, and you know, little, have all your herbs in it and stuff and he's pretty much the uh, the 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 shopkeeper from um whatever treehouse of horror simpsons episode it is where he sells home with a monkey paw uh, what do you... and also gives him a free frogart <laughs> that's good no laurie doesn't watch the simpsons i don't watch the simpsons sorry guys it's been what 35 years that this damn show has been on tv and i <laughs> that's bad <laughs> although a lot of our listeners just started laughing yeah um, I, uh, I have, however, seen most of the Treehouses of Horror because it's horror related, so therefore I would watch it. Those, those are pretty much always good. Exactly. Um, so. so he is talking to the grandfather and is telling him about his latest, greatest invention, the bathroom buddy. Bathroom buddy. And it actually is kind of a cool invention. I looked at it and I was like, oh, I'd buy that. <laughs> if we could get it to work right, that would actually be a pretty cool invention. It's one of those things that's on the table at, like, you know, Macy's. Yeah. Along with, um, you know, shot, you know, um, shot, you know shot, shot glasses <laughs> or, like, um, yeah, like a, like a three-in-one table that has, like, it quote air quotes air hockey mm-hmm. and, like, a tiny pool table and then, like... A, like Something. what else a craps table i don't know table. but you know it's like there's that and then oh, oh bathroom buddy oh the bathroom buddy okay so it's got like a toothbrush on it it's got it's this little square thing and nail it has clipper. you know has nail clippers and a toothbrush and it's got and he's like oh you know 
you know, what what if you just you've got you've got dragon breath? Uh, and he sees a dragon and he goes, oh, bad breath. And there's a gong and there's sound a gong and the whole sound. thing. But, like, he just has a look on his face like, ah, shit, I did it. Yeah. Like, I didn't mean to do that. Yeah, and he's talking about brushing his teeth and he says, you know, but you don't have toothpaste, but with the bathroom, buddy, you have your toothpaste. And he, like, clicks a little button and he sprays himself with toothpaste. And he's like, ah, that's okay, that's okay. I, I can fix that, I can yeah, fix that. Working on that. Yeah, I'm working okay. on that. And so he tries to sell the bathroom buddy to the grandfather. And <clears throat> he um, hears Gizmo in the background, right? Um, chirping away and kind of singing. Yeah, he's singing at this point. Yeah, right? yeah. And um, he goes over to see what the singing is, and the grandson and the grandfather come over and they say, um, "Oh, that's a mugwai." And he's like, oh, I'll give you $100 for it or something like that. And the grandfather's like, he's not for sale. You, you're you not ready to have anything like that before. He's too special. He's one of a kind. And the grandson just basically says, go outside in the back and yeah. wait for me. Hey, and, $100 in Reagan bucks is like $28,000 today. So <laughs> In Reagan bucks. I, I would have done it too. <laughs> but yeah, he, he like sells him the... Uh, he sells him Gizmo, mm-hmm. and then we get a little voiceover as we go out of the scene where he gives him the rules. The rules. And I love a movie that gives you the rules quickly and efficiently, mm-hmm. and you know what you're in for for the rest. rest. Yep. It works great, and that's, like, I can rate a horror movie well if they give you all the rules, like, yeah. quickly and work it in well. Quickly and succinctly, and that's why, that's, I mean, that's why Scream works. Is that they literally give you the rules and they stick to the rules and that's why that movie actually worked as opposed to just being another slasher. Well, when we get to that one. You um, you haven't seen Scream? No, it's on the list. We've talked about this before. Jesus H. Christ, what the fuck did you watch in the 90s? (laughs) Not that. Jesus. It Follows did a really good job of it as well. Yes. Um, Yes. And It Follows, it explained the rules... In that one scene. Yeah. And, and it, you didn't even notice it, it. You didn't even notice that they were giving yeah. they, they were info dumping you. You right. were just enthralled as to what was, was just, going on. Yeah, it was great. Um, that'll be that'll be in a very special Hey We Love This movie episode. I, I think so too, I agree. <laughs> but yeah, so, so he um, So the rules are So you can't no bright light. No bright light. Especially no sunlight. Mm-hmm. Um, cause sunlight will kill him. Mm-hmm. Um you can't get him wet mm-hmm. for reasons that will become quite obvious. <laughs> And then, uh, most definitely do not feed him after midnight. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, that begs the Lord, question, when, when, when is actually, when it is, is it okay to feed them? That's the thing. That's <laughs> when does this rule reset? Yeah. Is what I want to Because know. if you can't feed them after midnight, so does that mean like from midnight to 6 a.m. when the sun comes up? Well, I was going to say, maybe it's when the sun comes up. Hmm. You can feed them again, and then you, and then... It's not till sundown, it's midnight when it switches over to the next day, and then you've got that six to seven hour window before the sun comes back up again. Maybe. I don't know. That's not explained. I'm going to go with, hey, when the sun comes up, you know, Mm. and does daylight savings time have an effect on this? (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Time zones, it's always midnight somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Poor little thing is going to freaking starve. That's basically what the problem is. (laughs) So... After we learn all these rules, <clears throat> we we cut to the house, and mom. Well, I mean, he's um, we we go. Now we end up like in the middle of town, 
and and, and we're, you know, everybody's out getting their trees and stuff. And I just wanted to point out how terrible the snow is in this movie because um, it's just all just like totally sprayed on. Oh yeah, it's it's sprayed on to everything. It's, since this movie was made in L.A., mm-hmm. like they, there's just no concept of what is done with snow or anything because it's never plowed it's never shoveled no like people are walking across this like there's no problem at all and it's always that slushy it's it always looks like it's the slush so not even it's like not even well to me to me that's what it looks like it looks like the slush where it's that super wet slush where you stick your foot in it and you go right down a pavement and it like (laughs) squishes around your shoe it's that kind of it's supposed to be that kind of snow but people are just like running through it and it's like sprayed on the side of cars and the two of us are watching this going like that no yeah that's that's, not how snow works that's what appalls (laughs) me the most it's just like how it's like stuck to the side of the cars yeah and it's like that like salt yeah yeah but, but not, not snow not like that you know living where we live it's definitely we are uh well versed in snow yeah <laughs> so anyway so we follow billy to work mm-hmm. at the bank and you are very pissed off because he brings his dog to work yeah and puts his dog underneath the teller desk and you wanted to know how come our cat couldn't come well, work can't with you marilyn come to work with me because <laughs> marilyn is a fraidy cat literally and she'll would freak her out she, so she could just stay under the thing like the dog does but she wouldn't stay under the thing that's yeah, the she problem would. she'd well no, technically she no she would because it's technically under a counter so yeah. as long as there was a door to close she would stay there the whole day and as long as she had your sweatshirt and she your picture go. taped up on the side of the ah! counter she could go in the coin vault <laughs> I'll leave it a crack open. <laughs> Everybody, every time somebody would walk by, you would just hear go, "Oh, what was that? Oh my god, what was that?" Our cat is amazing and she's lovely and she's adorable, but she is a super scaredy cat to the point where if I walk into the bedroom, I have to talk to her and announce that my presence is there. I have to say, "Hey, Marilyn," and then she'll talk back to me. And then once she talks back to me, I know it's okay that I can approach the bed. Otherwise, she will jump off the bed like I threw cold water at her. Like, <laughs> she just... There are rules. Yes, she has her rules. Just just like Gizmo. Right. So, while he is, you know, conducting his business for the day at work, uh, Mrs. Daigle comes walking through town mm-hmm. with a snowman head and just lugging it through city square to get to the bank just to harass poor billy and she gets into the bank and she pushes everybody out of the way so she can get up to the front of the line this is too real for me <laughs> and uh puts the snowman head on top of the teller desk and basically starts telling billy your dog knocked my like Bavarian glass. I was gonna say like this imported <laughs> this Bavarian, Bavarian blow up snowman, snowman. <laughs> knocked it over and broke it. And Billy's like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Just tell me how much it is. I'll write you a check." And she's like, "There is. I'll tell you what you can do. You can give me your dog." She wants blood. Oh my god, she wants blood, and she wants to kill this dog. She wants this and dog dead. The whole this whole scene. Where she's talking about killing the dog and how much pain the dog is going to be in and everything. I'm like, she's the 
freaking Wicked Witch of the West. It's very... All I could think of was The Wizard of Oz, and all I could think of was, and your little dog, oh, yeah, too. No, that's, that's totally what they're going for. Oh, yeah. And I was just... and oh, and But I, they keep cutting back to the dog. This dog's a great actor. Oh, because... this dog isn't... This dog should have won all the Oscars. <laughs> yeah. Like, this should have been the best actor that year. This dog was amazing. Uh-huh. He, um, he, yeah, he, he's tied up to his leash, and he unties no, the knot on the leash. Rope. It's not yeah, even it's, a well, leash. It's a leash if it's tied to him. It's uh, so he unties the little knot and then he jumps up on top of the teller desk and pushes the snowman down so it, it smashes into a million pieces and then he's biting at the sleeve of her jacket. And what I thought was really funny about this one shot is you can clearly tell when the trainer off screen like told him to let go because he just goes, huh, what? <laughs> I, I missed that. Oh, yeah. That's great. He, huh, what? And just like looks at the screen. Oh, <laughs> oh I'm done now? Okay. That's, that's great. I love yeah. it. Um, um, and she starts with the, oh, my heart. My heart can't take this. Oh, I'm going to uh, kill she, your dog, yeah, kid. Really oh, my heart. Playing it up. Oh, yeah. She's, Again, I, she's I, Tuka. I, yeah, Tuka, Tuka-resque. <laughs> so, uh, and then um, up, walks, uh, up walks his boss and his underboss, uh, you know so the old nice man who ba- the old man who basically runs the place is tending to Mrs. Deagle, but Judge Reinhold, criminally underused in this movie, mm-hmm. walks up and and starts to also berate Billy. Um, but uh, Mrs. Deagle leaves, and then we cut to the bar. Yep. After this, and Billy is um, sitting at the bar doodling because he wants to be a cartoonist. I, yeah, and that um, was always a, that was always something that I was like, I, I like I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it explains all the the comic books and everything yeah. that he's got kicking around, but um, uh, Judge Reinhold walks in to enjoy a drink with him, mm-hmm. and uh, just basically tells him like you know, yeah, I kind of covered for you there, but you know you you got to get your shit together. He's like, I'm 23, I'm gonna be running this place in five years. Like, oh no! You know, he says he's going to run it by the time he's twenty-five. Yeah, he's like, oh no, yeah, that's right. It's like he'll be a millionaire by the time I'm yeah. thirty, and uh, you know, basically he's telling Billy like you got to get your priorities straight. Hmm. And uh, Phoebe Cates comes over to uh, to take their order, and um, Judge Reinhold's like, hey, remember when uh, you caught me jerking off in the bathroom? <laughs> He's like, remember my apartment? You, you wouldn't want to come over to my apartment or something like that? And the two of us are like, no, because I walked in on you jerking off in the <laughs> yeah. bathroom that one time. I never want to see you any place that you live. He's like, hey, I got cable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> His big thing is he has cable. It's like, oh, Lord. And Phoebe Case is not impressed in no, the least. No, of course not. Not impressed. Of course not. Nope. <clears throat> She's actually refreshingly morbid in this movie. I know. For like an 80s lead yeah. girl in a, oh yeah there's in, one in point we'll get there but there's one point where she totally brings down the movie oh it's great like she great. says one Couple line <laughs> just like one line and you're like oh jeez. yeah and then she tells her whole backstory and you're like oh oh uh billy goes home and he, he opens the door to the house and he cl- when he closes the door to the house there's a sword on the wall right on the opposite side of um, the wall where the door is attached and it falls on the floor and his mother is like is that you billy <laughs> yeah is that how they can tell like, <laughs> when somebody how, comes home it's because the sword falls i guess yeah 
and it, it becomes a running joke that every you know every time the sword falls somebody has come in the house and um they're in the kitchen and she's cutting up onions for dinner like about eight onions <laughs> yeah She's got this giant pile of onions. <laughs> we don't know what the, she the what, what they what she's making, but she needs onions. She yeah, needs I know. all the onions. All of them. And um so she, Billy's like, "Hey mom, can I help you with anything?" And she's like, "Yeah, you can you can do the eggs." So he goes over. For what though? I we don't know what she's making. So we don't know why she needs eggs, but she needs at least a lot of five. Meatballs. Yeah, she needs at least five. Oh, maybe she's making a meatloaf. That would make sense. She's making meatloaf. It's a hell of a meatloaf. Onions, I mean. Yeah. You know. So, he goes over to the Peltzer egg cracker invention that's over in the corner. And every invention that any of them walk near, they're very, like, trepidatious about even walking near it. Not Let alone using it. They're just kind of like, I don't know if I want to do... And they're, like, looking at each other in the kitchen. And the mother's like, just try it. Give it a try. It might work. So he pushes the button and it's got the little it's, chicken head at the top and the chicken head slams down and like cracks and it's like open. the little drinking bird only yeah. it comes down like a hammer, hammer and like it's got all of the eggs are like lined up so apparently it's supposed to crack crack it it's supposed to crack one egg yeah. and then the egg falls into the thing and then the next egg comes down the chute but and like cracks where's the, next the shell one. supposed to go I and t- shit whatever i didn't look at it that much it feels spectacularly (laughs) like all the eggs just like fall off of this thing they all just get smashed by this hammer throws them out Mm -hmm. and that's when dad comes home yeah she's like just put them in the sink (laughs) we'll figure it out later so then dad comes home and they hear that they hear the sword fall they hear a sword (laughs) fall oh someone dad must be home somebody's home so they go into the uh living room and they see dad and uh they're all, you know, oh, how is this? How is that? How is that? And he goes, oh, I have a present for you. And it's the worst wrapping job I have ever seen. And it was literally just, let's let's wrap around the sides of the box and throw one piece over the top. Yeah, right. <laughs> and that's it. It's one of those. <laughs> it's, you can tell. Well, you know what? If it was supposed to be that dad was the one that wrapped it, it was the best wrapping I've ever seen a dad do. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's. Let's put it that way. Um. So he hands the box over to Billy. Billy puts it on the on the table and unwraps it. And the dog is sitting next to him. And the... Um, yeah, well, he tells mom to dim the lights. I was going to say, he tells mom to dim the lights while they're sitting there. And this is like when we get our first... Because a lot of this movie is shot in this like low light mm-hmm. with like really creative lighting sources. Sources and things like, coming. Because yeah. like when this happens, now it's the light coming from outside. So it's blue and you've got the... Uh, the fireplace mm-hmm. is orange, so you've got that cool two-tone thing going mm-hmm. on. It's just kind of dark yeah. in the room, and I love it. And it's just, like, introducing us to the fact that it's like, yeah, a lot of the movie is going to look like this, and it's all going to look great. Because mm-hmm. um, it could it could very easily get muddy, and could very easily, you wouldn't be able to see what was going yeah, on. Yeah, absolutely. I've watched um, a million, like, watching Mystery Science Theater as much as we have. We've seen plenty of that. <laughs> Dude, watching Red Letter Media, we've seen plenty <laughs> Well, they're of doing that. it on purpose. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, so, he d- she dims the lights using a controller, which... <laughs> wireless controller. A wireless radio controller. controller. And uh, he opens the box up, and we see Gizmo for the first time. 
And Gizmo is this adorable little brown and white fuzzy thing with big fuzzy ears and big fuzzy eyes. And it is one of the most expressive puppets. And even when someone's holding it, and they all hold him the same way. They all hold him in the crook of their arm so that the puppeteer can puppeteer from Mm -hmm. under the crook of their arm. But they all hold him in that way so that they can... um, I think it's supposed to be, like, because it, he's so small, we naturally want to hold him like that, like it's a baby. Sure, yeah. Um, But it's just functional so that they can still have a puppeteer situation going on. Yeah. And he... And I'm just going to say, again, mm-hmm. more great dog acting. Yes. Because when, um, when Gizmo pops out of the mm-hmm. box, you know, Billy jumps back, but so does the dog. Yep. And they do it at the same time. <laughs> and the look on the dog's face is like, oh! <laughs> What the hell was that? What was that? <laughs> Gizmo can be very scary, unfortunately. And some people that I know growing up were terrified of Gizmo. They were scared of him. They were scared of him, even though he's adorable. I think I might have found him scary, but only because I knew that... What he turned he was into. <laughs> in, because I knew that he was in a movie with things that were supposed to be scarier hmm. than him. And I, I could never understand why people thought he was scary, because even I thought he was absolutely adorable. Um... He's cute. I mean, but, some people might think he's creepy, hmm. like the same way that I was talking about how a lot of the things in Legend I find creepy. Hmm. It's like this. Some people just have an aversion to different aesthetics. Yeah, and that's exactly what it is. Because there are definitely things that I find creepy that other people are like, it, "It's a rug," and I'm like, "Yeah, but it's oh, no, yeah. you know." Yeah. Right, but um, no, I, I think he's I think he's pretty adorable. He's adorable, and he is at least. Yeah, there are other Mogwai. That are a little like, uh... yeah, and they all have their own personalities. That's right. <laughs> um, so mom decides that she's going to take a picture of, of everybody. Yeah. So she f- opens up the camera with an early autofocus Canon. Yes. Uh, thirty-five millimeter. <laughs> flash oh, might have been built in. I'm not sure. It, but the flash was built in. <laughs> I know, but I noticed it and I was like, oh, I've seen those. Those are great. Steve is a camera freak, guys. <laughs> Um, the amount of cameras we have around the house is, is ridiculous, and I feed his camera habit because I'm a props person for a lot of local theaters, and I keep finding really cool vintage and retro cameras at um, thrift stores, and I buy them with the intention of uh, building up his camera collection, his antique camera collection, we'll but really it's for me to have props for shows. That, but that too, because <laughs> we've lent out a bunch of these cameras for for, for shows. shows yeah so she takes the picture and gizmo um freaks out and it's the it's the first sure. time we hear him actually say words bright light he goes bright light bright light bright light and he um he jumps over to dad and he and that's when dad gives the rules so he gives so the we rules reiterate out. the rules again hey, audience yeah just to and remind you we hear the rules in this we movie got some rules. we hear the rules in this movie enough that it is like guys seriously like it, they hammer you over the head with these rules because even later on important i know but even later on billy goes over the rules again with like two other people right <laughs> so, yeah <laughs> um so earlier on in the movie um while we were seeing downtown while he was going to work we saw that they were selling christmas trees downtown and that there was a little kid in a christmas tree costume we didn't see who the little kid was just that there was a little kid in a christmas tree costume so as Everybody is, you know, hanging out with the Mogwai and everything, and all of a sudden the door opens, and there's a tree lugging a tree 
coming into the house <laughs> and the kid takes his his tree hat off and it's cory feldman it's tommy jarvis it's tommy jarvis uh it is one of the frog brothers and um <clears throat> i know that's another movie you've never seen <laughs> and we um he brings the tree in and he goes into the kitchen and he sees billy who had been trying to He's gonna make orange He's juice. He's trying to make orange juice with the, with the Peltzer I, orange juicer. I love this juicer. <laughs> and the, the way this thing just explodes all over the place, so over the top that I can't help but mm-hmm. find it to be just absolutely fantastic. It's definitely a uh, double dare situation where all of a sudden that just shit is everywhere, <laughs> and you just have to find that flag, and you've got to get through it. <laughs> there is just orange pulp everywhere and it's like it's it's not even like that like slightly pulpy it's like extra pulp <laughs> i like i like the one that says some pulp <laughs> no this is extra extra pulp this is the it's practically you know mush it's you know it look yeah there's kinda, no liquid left to yeah. it um so Cheesy that is grits. that's <laughs> that's all over the ceiling it's all over the cabinets it's it's all over billy it's all over everything and Corey's like, what the hell happened in here? So they decide to um, go upstairs to Billy's bedroom, which is in the attic. Hey, let's. Hey, Corey Feldman, let's go upstairs so I can change no, no, out of this no. shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, let's not go upstairs with Corey with a young Corey Feldman. Yeah. He's been through enough. Thank you. Well, that's the thing. It's like there's no reason for Corey Feldman to really be in this movie. No. He, really not. Th- this was the time frame of Corey Feldman that was, um, we're going to get him in as many movies as humanly possible just because we have a kid that can act. Right, And yeah. so, I mean, literally just. So we're just going to, it happens, you know. I need a kid. Corey's free. Hilly Joel Osment was the same way. Yeah. It's I, like, I need a kid it. that's free. All right. That's fine. Get a Corey. I saw a thing on YouTube today that was just like, you know. He'll go, what's he up to now? Well, now he's fat. And? And, and he's like, but he's still he's still a good actor. Hmm. But, like, they showed clips from all the movies that oh, he was yeah, in. I was bas- like, holy shit, that kid was in tons of stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, no, it's tr- like, Corey was the same way. Um, so it really does seem like it was a, an 11th hour, like, hey, let's, uh, let's write something in with this kid in it. Because, um... You know, Stephen had used him before and was probably like, yeah, we could probably get him in there again. So Gizmo's sitting on, uh, I almost said Corey's bed. Gizmo is sitting on Billy's bed watching TV. And he's watching a, uh old racing movie. And he's on the bed. <laughs> and he's like going, and he's like pretending to drive. And he's right. like making the noises. And it's so freaking cute. Anyway, so they come upstairs and Corey... Sit, goes to sit on Billy's bed and takes the blankets and like throws it over Gizmo and doesn't even see Gizmo. And all you see is the blankets moving with Gizmo underneath mm-hmm. it. And Corey's like completely oblivious. And then Billy realizes what happened and he comes over and he's like, "Oh look, hey, I want to show you. My dad got me this hey, check n- out new pet. Pet. Because I new don't pet. really know what he is. We don't know what he is. And uh, he shows him that he can like he can play the piano and he can sing and." And all and shows him all these little things that Gizmo knows how yeah, to I love, do. I love when he was like singing with them earlier with the and, Casio. Yeah, we forgot about the Casio keyboard. He he's like pushing the buttons and playing the song, and he messes up, and Gizmo shakes his head and then goes back yeah, and Gizmo hits the right plays button. The right note for him. It's <laughs> yeah. great. <laughs> it's adorable. 
And um, I just want a gizmo. And I promise, I promise I will take care of it. We won't have gremlins, although I have gremlins all over the place when it comes to my karaoke audio crap. You are not ready. You are not ready. So they pick him up and they put him over on Billy's art desk. And he's, he's, they're looking at him and talking to him and Corey's trying to get him to like do little tricks or whatever. And he says, oh, can I hold him? And when he, when Billy says, sure, he moves his arm and he knocks over a jar of water that has paint, dirty paintbrushes in it. Right. I was like, I thought for a second that he was drinking out of it. And I was like, oh yeah, because that's where he's. That's where he's doing his artwork. Mm-hmm. So he's got just, you know, paintbrush water going on all over the place. And it it, pours, it it spills on Gizmo's poor back. And Gizmo is lying on his belly on the, on the table, screaming in pain. And the two, guy, the two kids, are, Billy and Corey, are just sitting there and they're like, uh, what do we do? And, and Gizmo's back is bubbling. And he's screaming and his back is bubbling and... A tribble pops out of his back right, yeah. and lands on the on the desk next to him, and then five, six more pop out and all land on the desk next to him, and they all start pulsating and growing, and they all grow into more mogwai, mm-hmm. and they each have their own individual um, little per- personalities, but then you've got one that has a a little mohawk has a has a white stripe of a mohawk going down his head mm-hmm. and they name him stripe and he's the ringleader of these new mogwai he's their leader he's their leader and he has a uh, he he constantly is hungry and he constantly goes around going yum 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 and uh somehow he gets his hands on a candy bar at one point i think billy gives it to him and he's like sugar hide for the rest of the freaking movie at that point um but gizmo basically is just rolling his eyes at these new mogwai and just can't it's like whatever he's not well he 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 looks sad about it he almost Hmm. he almost looks like incredibly disappointed in himself like Uh, uh, yeah because like you know billy's like hey gizmo what's wrong when the scene when the scene is over and just he's got this he does just shake his head he just kind of is like like, oh uh, just shakes his head damn it yeah because we know that Gizmo knows what's coming, but... It you know. makes me wonder if this has ever happened to him before. <laughs> well, we know what happens again, because there's a sequel. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> um, so, Billy decides that he is going to take one of the new Mugwai out to see his science teacher and figure and see if his science teacher can figure out... Mr. Hansen. Mr. Hansen. See if his science fe- teacher can figure out what is uh what's up with the mogwai figure out you know so he takes one of them to class basically i think i only ever had one science teacher who actually like would be able to tell you anything (laughs) you know it's Mm -hmm. like i don't think i don't think he could ever like go to any science teachers that i had really and be like hey i discovered something be like uh i don't know that's not in the book it's not in the book i don't know what that is it's not on the mcat so the science teacher um is trying to figure out what it is and he uh draws blood from the poor little mogwai and the little mogwai does not like that yeah he doesn't like it he is pissy about that yeah (laughs) gonna hurt on a big guy like you come on there you go um so then we um we cut to the bar, 
and Phoebe Cates is trying to close up for the night, and he's, she's, she's trying to get Uncle Willie out to the tractor. Mm-hmm. And... It's Kentucky Harvest Day. It's... It's a... You know, this great, big, nice, American-made machinery. Right. He goes on and on and on about this machinery and how there's, you know... And he, he talks about gremlins, and he gives the whole backstory about gremlins and this whole story about how back, back in world war Two with the planes and you know they thought there were gremlins in the planes and that's why the planes didn't work and things things like that i mean you got you gotta watch out for the farmers because they plant gremlins in their machinery that's the same gremlins brought down our plane put them in the cars they put them in the tv they put them in the stereos and the radios you stick in your ears they put them in your watches they got little teeny gremlins for our watches and that's one of those things that even to this day i say stuff like that yeah like whenever i host karaoke inevitably something always goes wrong <laughs> and my dad i will report to him that xyz because he's the the guy who owns all of the equipment I, he i will say xyz wasn't working he will go look at XYZ and it will work perfectly fine for him. The next week, XYZ won't work again for me and also F won't work for me. <laughs> so, <laughs> and we've had the same equipment and been doing the same gig for karaoke for a goddamn decade. And it's always me that has a freaking problem. So we always just say that I have the gremlins. They come with me. Right. So I my determined I have determined now that if I owned a mugwai, I wouldn't have to worry about the gremlins. <laughs> they would offset themselves. So honey, get me a mugwai for Christmas. <laughs> so when he's giving this whole foreshadowing, our favorite F word right. yet again, uh, giving this whole foreshadowing info dump, they get him up into the trailer and then he's like, maybe I shouldn't drive this home tonight. <laughs> he, he, uh, he toddles off. Right. And then Billy and Phoebe Cates walk back to Wisteria Lane and <laughs> <laughs> they are walking in the snow and talking about Christmas and things like that. And this is where, this is the first time she just drags this movie down. Yeah. <laughs> and not like, in the, oh my God, she can't act type of way, but yeah, in no, a, oh, just like, geez, Jesus that's... Christ, I don't feel like talking about Christmas, so, okay? Yeah. Like... And she actually says, and it's funny because this... Since we watched this movie the other day, this fr- I've had to use this phrase twice. Uh. <laughs> she said, "He says, oh my God, he says, why don't you like Christmas?'" And she doesn't want to get into it, but she says, "Geez, you know, say you don't like Fourth of July or Halloween or, or something, and it's fine. Everybody's fine. But the minute you say you don't like Christmas, and you're a leper, so I don't like Christmas. Um, I I like the getting together of the families right. and the hanging out with friends and family. Mm-hmm. I don't like." the commercialization of christmas so i suppose i should say that say it that way right yeah i don't like all the decorations i don't like having to put a damn tree up i don't have to take like having to have a tree come down i don't like having to have the lights on i don't like to having the glitter i don't (laughs) you know so i want christmas to be december 21st through december 26th done (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah she also has another great line that like you know there's just as many people opening presents as there are as there are like opening their wrists. That's like, the line that we. That's shit. the line that both of us were kind of like, what? Yeah. And I didn't even remember that line. I knew she had a sad backstory, so I knew there was kind of a couple of scenes that had to do with that. Just from, but I had completely forgotten about that one line. And she said that, and we were both like, whoa, way to bring the movie to a grinding yeah. halt. Way to, way to kill the <laughs> way mood. Way to kill the mood. Jeez. So we cut after after he drops her off. He asks her for a date, um, and she's about to go into her house. And she's like, "Yeah, sure, I'll go out on a date with you." And he's like, "Okay, um, I guess I'll see you then." 
Yeah, I mean, he's acting like he's 11 asking a girl out on a date, and he's blatantly, like, 18. Like, come on, seriously. He's such a kid, though. (laughs) I know. So we cut back to the science teacher, and he is eating a sandwich next to the mugwai. And he realizes that it's, like, 2 o'clock in the morning. Ah, but, well, I mean... Well, we're cutting back and forth between the... We're cutting back and forth, because Billy's, like, Billy's up watching TV. Yeah. And all the mugwai are, like in a box or whatever and they all they're all real hungry yeah and and he takes a look at the clock and he's like oh, it's, eh, only it's like quarter of i guess uh something real quick so he goes and gets him some some drumsticks out yeah. of the fridge well and this is where this is where gizmo kind of rolls his eyes because they're all freaking out in the box I, like hungry love, hungry 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 i love and then, the shot of gizmo like rolling his eyes like, jesus christ <laughs> gizmo gives some great kids, side eye these kids like, yeah and uh, so all of the other mugway are freaking out in the box, and they he goes downstairs, and he's like, yeah, I'll get you some food. And he goes downstairs, and the minute he goes downstairs, they're, like, dead silent. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're done. They're dead silent. And that's when, when Gizmo kind of rolls his eyes, and he's like, ah, oh, Jesus. Um, so, yeah. So he Billy goes, and he gets a plate of fried chicken that has no saran wrap on it, no nothing. It's just hanging out in the yeah, fridge. Right. And I'm like, whoa! <laughs> It wigged me out. I was like, okay, give it. That's fine. Give it to the that, dog. That wigged you out. <laughs> oh. like, now we cut to them eating it. <laughs> it's, like yeah. a, it's like a Tim and Eric sketch. <laughs> like the, the. It's very close, close up. up. Right on their little mouths with their little teeth. And they're like, yum, 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 yeah. yum. Just really, really gross. Yeah. And this is a scene if you're not somebody who, who can deal with people who eat with their mouth open. Oh, yeah. You can't deal with that. Sound? Oh my god. The scene is gonna just it trigger you I mean, it's so only, bad. It's very Ugh. quick, but it's you're just like, Ugh. <clears throat> one of this yeah, yeah, like this is pretty gross. And then he, he like goes to hand one to Gizmo and Gizmo's like, No, I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> and he throws it back in the box. I lost my appetite. <laughs> I'm not hungry anymore. So, um so we cut back to the teacher and the teacher decides that it's late and he's gonna go home. He literally has taken like two bites of his sandwich and he puts the yeah. sandwich down. Again, doesn't wrap it doesn't up. Wrap no, it. just leaves it on the counter. And but he took his like Cheetos or whatever he had. Yeah, he comes turns around and comes back, and it looked like they were chacharrones. So I was oh, like, been. I was like, oh. But yeah, but it's like yeah, because the color of the bag, mm-hmm. right? But like you can clearly see on the clock behind him, it's like quarter after two in mm-hmm. the morning, and uh, this little mugwai is uh, he's obviously gonna go after that sandwich yeah actually don't we see him like reaching yep, for the he, re- he reaches out and he's like pulling and it. <laughs> he's got his poor little face pushed up against because he's in like a bird he's like in a hamster cage or something and he's got his poor little face like up against the hamster cage and he's trying to like reach out and he reaches out and he grabs the t- and all you see is the the way the shot is framed is you ju- you don't even see his hand grab anything you just see the tinfoil start moving and yeah. jerking off screen <laughs> Um, <clears throat> so Billy and Gizmo both fall asleep sitting mm-hmm. next to each other on, in the bed and we wake up in the, he wakes up in the morning because the phone rings and it's the, it's the doc, it's the teacher telling him that something has happened to the Mogwai. Yeah. So Billy throws his clothes on, runs out as quick as he can. Yeah. But, but all of his Mogwai have also turned into alien eggs. But I don't. Does he, I don't think he sees that until he gets home, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. I th- yeah, you're right. I think he yeah. just, like, misses it. He doesn't realize it until later. Yeah. It's like, how did you miss this? Your room <laughs> your room looks like the alien queen's lair. 
including the mist. Yeah. Like, how do you miss Oh, it? yeah. No. How did you, like, not trip over that? The weird lights. Yeah. <clears throat> all of a sudden, there's... So, they all turn into the pods, and they go to the... He, go... he runs down to the school, and he's... The teacher's cutting open the little cage... And so that he can get the pod out. And they're talking about how it's a metamorphosis. And he's explaining... Yeah, because Corey Feldman's there. He's explaining to Corey what a metamorphosis is. That's his last scene in the movie, too. You don't see him again. Corey? Yeah, I don't see him. No, you see him... You see him at least one more time in the classroom. Oh. And I I don't think you see him again after that. He's not doing anything. He's not being a smartass. No, I don't think you see him again after that. But they they get the, the pod out and... The gremlins hatch at home. Right, yeah. And we he, see that and Gizmo <clears throat> is getting scared. Gizmo's getting scared and then they they start torturing poor Gizmo and picking on him and they pin him to like a dartboard and start like throwing darts at him and they're basically bullying poor little Gizmo. A, he gave birth to them. He he is their mom. Be nice to your mom's kids. So bad. <laughs> um yeah, and it's 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 stripe. We all know it's stripe. Stripe is definitely uh and I mean even before they changed into Gremlins, they were also picking on Gizmo. There was a scene earlier where they were all in the living room and Gizmo is Oh yeah, that's right. Like one of them like <laughs> spits on him or yeah, something. Yeah, Gizmo's sitting and this is actually a really cute scene with Gizmo. Gizmo's sitting underneath the Christmas tree and he's got a little like tin horn in his hand. Yeah. And he's sitting oh, yeah, next he's to like the dog and he's like playing with the, Yeah, he's like playing on the to the little tin horn. And one of the and Stripe like hawks a loogie on him, yeah, like all the way from across the room, and he, both Gizmo and the dog at the same time just look at the the stream of yeah. shit on the on the, the floor. Again, great dog acting. Yeah. Where, I don't know where they got this dog, man. This is like the what, best dog. What in else the world. has Mushroom been? In? <laughs> I know the dog's name is Mushroom. Um, and it was mushroom amazing. Is Barney. <laughs> Back to the pods. Pods hatch. They they're torturing Gizmo, and um, there we cut to the classroom, and um, Mr. Hansen is uh, Mr. Hansen is teaching. They're all watching a video on yeah, because it's the last day before Christmas. He doesn't want to be teaching. Yeah, he doesn't want to be teaching anything. So they're watching a video on the on the heart, and how different hearts for different animals beat differently. And there's like this is what the heart this is how the heart looks yeah. of a sparrow and this is what the heart of this thing looks like and that thing and this thing, and um, partway through the movie he hears like the th- thump of the box that he had put the pod in that's next to him. He hears it again and he looks and he watches the box kind of move and he goes to grab it just as the bell rings and it falls off the table. Right. And he walks around the side and he sees that it has burst open and he like is corralling the kids as the bill is ringing and he's like you know um hey merry christmas everybody and um i will see you after the break and if you want to buy me something for christmas a uh a new like video camera or something he says something totally arbitrary yeah he's like yeah if anyone gets uh, tickets to the super bowl oh, tickets to the super bowl would be great you know and he's like pushing them out and this is the scene you see cory feldman and cory feldman's like but mr hansen i need to i need it and he's like get the fuck out of my, hey, my hey, class kid get, get the fuck out so he pushes him out shuts the door and the movie's still on in the background, and they're talking about how when an animal is frightened, their heart beats faster. So the, this the whole movie that's in the background, I never realized was actually describing exactly what's going on in the scene. Right. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of cool. But yeah. so he's walking in the dark, 
and he um is trying to figure out where whatever hatched out of the pod where the hell it is he's looking for uh well yeah i was gonna say it's stripe but it's not no he's looking around for whatever it is and so he um... he hears it like over in the corner but he leaves the room closes the door goes and calls billy and says and billy's at work and billy's and he's like it's hatched you have to come it hatched so he goes he comes back in the room and he's got a like a Snickers bar. Right. And <laughs> he's like, are, are you hungry? Look what I've got for you, you know? And and you and he, like, runs from, like, the back of the classroom towards the front of the classroom where the teacher's desk is. And he goes under the desk, basically. And so... We just get that classic... Poor Mr. I'm gonna, Hansen. I'm going to stick my hand in here and, like, oh, no, he got me. He got me. Ah! You know? And um, he puts it in there. And, again, we hear, yum, yum, yum. yum. And he eats the <laughs> he eats the the candy bar, and then Billy shows up, and the uh, movie is still going slightly. It's like towards the end of it, and because while he's watching it, while this while this scene with Billy is happening, the movie runs out. I think because um, we get that cool scene all every time you have a movie, especially in the eighties, you always have that you always have film. So, so right. back in the day when we, back in the day you didn't have DVDs. I, I had film when I was in school. I watched the first time I ever watched the Polar Express was in the library at my school, at my elementary school. And it was on uh, two reels. Really? Yep. <laughs> we, we just had like the thing with the slides that when it was, you know, they played the tape recorder and when it was done, boop. <laughs> You know, I had that too. Turn it. But I had the two we, reels. We didn't and... have, yeah, we didn't oh, no, have like had 16 millimeter or oh, yeah. anything. <laughs> or 8 millimeter. 8 millimeter. <laughs> bad, that was a bad movie. Anyway, so Billy is, um, Billy makes it to the front of the room and he, he sees that the teacher is under the desk, but his waist and his legs are out from under the desk and he has a big syringe in his ass. Was it like glowing green? It was kind of glowing green. That's why he said something like, about reanimator. I was like Jeffrey Combs stabbed him in the ass. Stabbed him in the ass. He is at the desk and he sees the dead body. Well, we're not sure if he's dead, but we don't we don't ever see the teacher again, so we're gonna assume he's dead. And it's the first like horror thing, and and it's not even that horrific. It's just a body, and we don't. It's never said if he's dead or alive, or if, or if he survives or whatever. It doesn't say if he's but, dead or alive. No, so we don't know. But he's all, he hears Billy hears something on the other side of the desk, and he sees a giant green hand come up from the back of the desk and grab something and eat it. And you hear yum yum again in the back, and he eats it. And then he reaches up and he grabs an apple and he goes to eat it. And, and he hears and he throws it back. And then he grabs like pencils or something and he eats those. Um, and Billy's like, I'm not going to hurt you. I just want to see what you are. Like, what's going on? So, and he bolts through the vents. Right. And you can see the little shadow of him, like, walking down the vent. So, Billy... I can't remember how Billy hurt his hand, but Billy hurt his hand in that last scene. I think the gremlin had scratched him. Had reached Probably. up and scratched him. Um, so, he runs across the hallway from the science room to the nurse's office. Oh, right. Which is the yeah. best place to have your nurse's office. Directly across from your science lab. It really is. Because <laughs> that's where you're going to get hurt. Bunsen burners, etc. <laughs> yeah. That's where you're going to get hurt. Scalpels when you're doing dissections. I mean, somebody's going to cut a freaking finger off. 
So he runs in there and he wraps up his hand and all of a sudden while he's standing there, the cabinet above his head opens and the gremlin pops out. And this is, and you, and you only, this is the first time you've ever seen the full gremlin. You see his whole body, but you only see it for about three frames. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's not very, it's not very long. No, you have, it's a blink and you'll miss it. And Billy, and you know, camera pans over with Billy as he like falls back to the wall on the other side of the room. And it's the first time that we get just a gremlin throwing shit. Mm-hmm on on camera Mm -hmm. like from off screen (laughs) which is just constantly happening from here on out in the movie so he's throwing like cotton swabs and shit oh yeah he's just throwing anything he he can before he bolts through the little like you know the little vent in the bottom of the door yep which is practically kind of like a doggy door situation (laughs) um so it cuts back to um the pelts's house and they are the mom is in the kitchen making cookies yeah and she ha is uh, the phone rings and it's dad and she goes to like use the little like remote thing to start the f- to answer right. the phone and sitting like two feet away from it <laughs> and she picks up this stupid walkie-talkie thing but she's... that he's got hooked up to it she's trying to support her husband okay uh, well i know <laughs> like, i understand um so she picks up the phone and she's talking to him and she hears something and she has the wherewithal to go back and grab the knife and now she she was making sugar like gingerbread cookies she's home alone she might as yeah. well and she grabs a giant knife like sure. a butcher knife and she follows the sound up to billy's up to the attic stairs and she goes well it's the attic ladder so she goes up the ladder and there's all this low-lying fog yeah, all the floor fog. And you see all the all the all the <laughs> cocoons are like now empty, empty, billowing the fog, and they all have eerie green light coming mm-hmm. out of them. It looks like we could make these if we wanted. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, the phone rings and it's Billy, and Billy is telling her to get out of the house as fast right. as she can. So not only is she already freaked out because she heard weird noises, then there's these weird pods and mist shit. Yeah. In her her son's bedroom, and she doesn't know where it's come from. And then he's calling her, freaking out, saying, you know, get the fuck out of Dodge. Yeah. So she turns around and goes down. All of a sudden, while she's on the phone with him, the phone gets... The, one of the gremlins pulls the phone cord. Pulls the phone hey, out, he, out of the back of the did house. Did you hear what he said? No. Phone home. <laughs> I missed that. Freaking Spielberg. Um... Because there's an ET in the movie too. Oh, it's an ET. There's Later a in the movie, indie yeah. References. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, the kid at the beginning is a little Asian kid in a Yankees hat. Yeah. Like, come on. I know. You know. <laughs> um. So he loses the connection with his mom, and he starts running towards home. She meanwhile she runs home for what seems to be twenty minutes of I, this well, movie. She's got to get in trouble. I mean, come on, there's no <laughs> other way. So she goes back downstairs, and she turns the corner into the kitchen and she sees a gremlin now we get to actually focus on it and she sees a gremlin standing at her mixer bowl eating tons of cookies eating cookie dough out of the out of the mixer bowl and it's got and it's basically got its hands in there and it's eating it so she waits until it's slightly distracted and she reaches around and she hits the button and uh osterizes him yeah yeah and all i could think of is that that video that came out that like viral thing that came out in the 90s that was um you could go put the frog in the blender and hit the different things 
the different buttons and the, you could blend the frog differently. Oh, was, was that like a, f- a Flash game? Or yeah, something? it was a Flash thing. That I don't you think could I do. ever did that. Oh, that was everybody so said that like sounded like a serial killer in training. Oh yeah, it was. It was. It. It was. Like, hey, I used, you have fun with that. I used to. Uh, I used to sit and play that all the time. It was so much fun. Of course you did. <laughs> Because I am a serial killer in training, <laughs> have been my whole life. Um, so yeah, this mom kicks some some ass though in this scene. She, she uh, goes Ripley on. Yeah, them. she totally goes Ripley on them. And uh, we we made that comment because she's got short curly hair, but at one point she's walking around and she's got two knives in her hands, yeah. and she's like, "I'm gonna fucking get these things." Like yeah. <laughs> she's determined. So she osterizes the one. She blends blends the one in the in the freaking cousinat. And uh, <laughs> then she is all, oh, I don't know what that was, but oh, I'm safe now. And then one starts throwing shit at her from the corner of the counter. Of course. And she picks up a TV table as her shield. She forces herself, like, by he's still throwing stuff, and she uses it as a shield to get over there. And then she takes the knife, and she stabs him in the chest and pins him to the counter. And then there's another one on the other side, on, on the island, where the cookies are. And he starts harassing her, so she runs at him and throws him into the microwave and turns... She uses the flea and tick spray. Oh, that was... Pat, the, yeah, she basically right, uses yeah. Raid and sprays him in the face with it, and that backs him up towards the microwave, so, and she puts him in the microwave and turns the microwave on and explodes him. So Ralphie Cifaretto. <laughs> and then um, she hears a couple other noises, and that's when she goes and grabs two other knives out of the butcher block... And she goes, you know, she's wandering through the house in the dark because all she had on in the living room was the Christmas tree in the fireplace. So she, um, one of them is in the Christmas tree and she's like walking, trying to find it and she can hear it and she's trying to find it. And it pushes the tree over on top of her. You can see the guy behind it pushing it. Yeah. For like two frames. Nah, we're not looking at that. It's in the dark. You can't see it. Well, I didn't realize it was there until I saw it. (laughs) Until until the second watch Well, I saw on YouTube as well. Yeah. um, There was a Red Letter Media. (laughs) They did a commentary track on Mm -hmm. it and somebody had like the best parts of it. And they're watching that part, and Jay goes, hey, wait, you can see the guy pushing the, the tree on her. Wait, I never noticed that. I've watched this a million times. I never saw that before. <laughs> I never noticed that that was there. Um, so he pushes the tree on her, and she's fighting with the tree, and she finally gets the tree rolled off of her, but the gremlin is on top of her, and he's trying to strangle her with the tr- the rope that was around the tree. Yeah. Um, eventually, Billy comes in and pushes it into the fire. And all we see is the head. Did it just like chop its head off with something? I thought he just smacked it with something. Or the maybe whole, you just the like, whole body, everything, yeah. uh, the whole whole of it goes into the fire. But when you actually see it burning and they're watching it burning, all you see is the head burning, and the head is like the size of the logs at that point. So off. that's Whatever. the one thing with these gremlins is that you kind of have a size reference based on certain things that are happening and yeah. what they're sitting next to, and then in other shots they're. So much bigger than you think that they are. And then in other shots, they're so much smaller than you think that they are. Eh. So it's like kind of like you never quite know exactly how tall sure, they are. I'm sure they had a bunch of different size models hmm. that they were working with, hmm. too. He goes and he his mother had like a big scratch on her face from the fight with the gremlin. So he brings her over to the neighbor's house, who is the doctor in town. And... um. The doctor's like, oh my god, what happened? And the, and he's like, here mom, gotta go, bye! <laughs> like, shoves the mother in the house with the doctor and then turns around and goes back to his house and finds Gizmo in the, um, the clothes trap. 
that has a little door that goes right to where the laundry is. So you, it's a chute. That's the word I'm looking for. Is a laundry chute. Laundry chute. <laughs> laundry chute. And uh, they he the gremlins had thrown Gizmo down the laundry chute at one point. So he hears Gizmo and starts looking through all the laundry and then opens up the chute and finds Gizmo. And it's another one of those, we need to get the puppet into the bag without ever seeing that it's a puppet. So it's like such an awkward thing that they do to like get him in the bag. He's just kind of like scooping up a whole bunch of shit at the same time and like (laughs) shoving it all in the bag. (laughs) Um, There's a lot of like awkward things that they have to do because they're dealing with puppets. So it's, it's really funny to watch how they have to do like such non not normal motions when they have to do certain things i just love it because nobody does that anymore yeah how it's just all everything's done with the computer yeah and so it's like nobody has to think about like how are we gonna block this so that mm. we can get him in there and like how are we gonna make this happen there's, some, there's tons of stuff like that yeah like in the scene where um she's uh about to go into the living room mm-hmm. and have the fight with the tree like it's all done in one shot where she like turns off the record player and then the camera draws back and then she starts walking into the next room and then like you see like a gremlin shadow on the wall like mm-hmm. Nosferatu. Oh yeah. And then, and then, he, then, like, t- and then he like turns around and it's like that all had to be timed out. Hmm. You know? And uh, like nowadays that never would have happened. Yeah. You don't get longer takes like that. You don't, and it's just all like, eh. Yeah, okay, unless you're Mike Flanagan, then you have like a 90 minute single take episode <laughs> of Haunting of Hill House. We're dealing with the, with the, with the computer. <laughs> he um, is tracking the gremlins through the city or through the town, and he sees that the window's broken at the YMCA. Right. So he opens up the door at the YMCA and he goes in and. Um, he realizes that Stripe is in there and that Stripe is in the pool. He's, he's in, he's yeah, on see, the deck. We see, we see him kind of. And Stripe just does a cannonball. Just cannonballs right in Holds there. his nose and does a cannonball <laughs> right into the friggin' pool. And this pool. The dry ice budget on this movie. Oh my god, I would love to have seen the dry ice budget on this movie. It just, the air cannons and the fog and yeah. the dry ice and the lights and the, the it, it's like an underwater rave scene and everything's it's, just bubbling and oozing and it, it's it's so cool and, and, and the, the way the music swells through mm-hmm. this too another jerry goldsmith, jerry goldsmith another jerry goldsmith movie yeah. um much different style of music a lot of it is done like with synthesizers mm-hmm. i feel like but um it really like builds up in a oh no and like look what's happening now kind of just very ominous um swell of the music mm. where you're just like okay we're not playing around anymore like shit's and about I think, to get real i think this scene if not this scene it's the next scene that we see the gremlins in is when we finally get the full version of the theme for this movie um and we we hear like it's orchestral versions of it yeah we hear like little like you know twinkly versions of it like with the with um it's it's slower versions of it earlier like with violins and things like that but i think this is the first time we hear the full-on the full version really kicks in when we're at dick miller's house okay and they burst through okay so it's after this it's after this okay um so this is the point where billy goes to the sheriff's station and is trying to explain to the sheriff and the under sheriff 
uh, what's going <laughs> deputy, on. The deputy sheriff. I don't know. He's not. <laughs> he's not Deputy Hawk, so I don't know who he is. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's Jonathan Banks. So. <laughs> so they're all they're you know it's Christmas. They're just kind of hanging out and they're drinking, and uh, they um, don't believe a word that Billy is saying. And Gizmo's in the backpack, and he's like, "Oh my God, wait! I can show you what I'm talking about." Hey, wait, can you turn the lights down in here first? And then it cuts again. Right. And it cuts to a metric fuck ton of stop motion gremlins walking down the tra- walking down Main Street. Oh yeah, this is when <laughs> this is when we see like five hundred gremlins yeah. all marching out, and it's yeah, like the min- it's like miniature work with the with yep. the with the street. Right? It's a little stop motion miniatures that they're so, walking down the street. It's so cute. It's so cute. It really is. Really quick, I forgot to mention when you were talking about um, the mom turning off the radio. Did you real? Did you hear what song was playing? Do you hear what I hear? I I never realized how well the music was was cre- was the sound in this movie. Like the the various different things that they did. Like they specifically picked "Do you hear what I hear" for to be playing when she's trying to figure out what's going on in her oh, house yeah. and trying to figure out what she's hearing in her no, house. Everything, everything is thematically chosen like perfectly hmm. throughout this thing. Um, so, right. so Uncle Willie gets killed by his tractor. <laughs> Uncle Willie yeah, and his wife. You know, and uh, they're sitting in the living room. He's watching TV and he's eating chips or something stupid like that and she's decorating the... She's putting her shit up on the mantle and... Um, Signal cuts out on the TV. It's right? on the TV and he's like... Stop, stop messing with the TV. And she's like, oh, honey, the clickers, you've got the you've clicker. You've got the clicker. You've got the thing. Um, so he starts, like, clicking the, the TV through, and he and it keeps cutting between him changing channels and the gremlins, like, ragdolling up on top of the, <laughs> the TV antenna and, like, spinning it around. And he gets, like, you know, Univision, and then he gets, like, yeah, right. some other channel. And he's like, fuck this, I'm going to go check the antenna. <laughs> Should have bought a Zenith. <laughs> Should have bought a Zenith. To which um, I, I cheered. <laughs> so he goes outside, and there's nothing wrong with the the antenna. And all of a sudden, he realizes from his garage that his tractor starts up. And it starts coming after him and starts coming through the front of the house. It bursts and run- through the wall, and the theme yep. song starts. Okay, so he bursts through the wall, the theme song starts, and he's in. The, he's got his wife, and they're at the, their back to the credenza, and they're leaning against the credenza, and they're yelling about it. And he goes... Those are gremlins. That, there's gremlin, real gremlins in my tractor. <laughs> um, so he, um, they have their fun at this point going around town wrecking things. And they they have various different things that they do. But then they go to Mrs. Deagle's house. Yes. And I cheered for the gremlins during this scene because she was <laughs> getting, you know, she was getting what was coming to her. She has a bunch of cats, though. I know, but the, the cats will be adopted, and they will be adopted by the women of Wisteria Lane. Yeah, true. <laughs> who are also living in the houses from Stars Hollow. <laughs> who are also living in the houses from Rosewood. <laughs> All so, the different shows that this lot has, <laughs> this has, has been on. Um, so they um, they end up going to Mrs. Deagle's house, and she's riding her little... Her chairlift. Her chairlift. Her, her master chairlift down the stairs with her cat, who looks like marmalade, has yeah. her little orange cat on her on her lap, and she gets um she gets down and she's 
complaining about her knee and her heart and her this and her, you know, every ass ache that she could think of. And she hears uh, And she hears carolers. Like, and she's like, I hate carolers. Christmas carolers. I hate Christmas carolers. And she starts rumbling and she grabs a, a vase of water or like a jug of water and she goes outside and she's like, I've told you before. And she stops. She's about to throw the water on them. And it's like six gremlins all lined up with like earmuffs and hats uh, I, and scarves. And they've all got little carol books in front of all, them. They're all dressed up for it. <laughs> and they're like, And they're like looking at their words and like looking up at her and then looking at their <laughs> words and looking at her. <laughs> and one of the gremlins goes in the house and he's playing with the stair lift and he's like fucking with the he's he's Jordy LaForging it is basically what he's doing. Yeah. He's totally like like crossing wires and things like that. So she goes back in the house and she's like, Oh, they're here. They've finally come for me. And in my head I'm going, who has finally come for you? Yeah. Do you finally realize how much of an asshole and a bitch you've been this whole time? <laughs> and now you're realizing that like the demons are coming for you right. to get you? So she gets on her stair lift and she goes to turn it on and it like vaults her all the way up the whole freaking staircase. And it's one of those staircases that like has a slight curve in it because it has to be grand. It's like a spiral staircase. Yeah, it's, it has to be grandiose. A grand spiral staircase. staircase. And uh, so it, it like curves up this, and she goes flying up the staircase. She's and launched through the window. Wants, but meanwhile, the cops had gotten the call right. about Mr. Miller being killed by the tractor, so they're driving over to the, over to the there uh, to investigate that scene. And as they're driving by Mrs. Deagle's house, they see her in her chair come flying out of the window and land with her feet up in the air it's one of <laughs> in my, the snow. That's one of my biggest bust-the-gut moments <laughs> in the movie. Um, Almost as good as seeing someone turn into a dummy when they're falling. It's just, just with a seeing, Wilhelm scream going at the same time, kind of. But like the uh, just seeing her get launched through that window was pretty. That was pretty hilarious. Um, so then they're um, they see they see the gremlins attacking a Santa, mm-hmm. and they um, while they are stopped looking at this, another gremlin cuts their brake line. And then they are driving through town and there was a truck that pulls in front of them and just as they're and they're trying to put their brakes on and they end up running up the back of the truck and flipping their cop car over. And I, I, I made mention of the fact that when the cop car landed, you could clearly see the metal plates that have been welded to the underside of the car to make it so that it can flip. go up. <laughs> so you could clearly see the like the the ramp that they had built on the bottom of the car. The next big scene is the gremlins. They're at the bar, and Phoebe Cates is she's serving them. Serving them, even though I'm sure none of them have money. <laughs> yeah, she's just serving them anyway. They are. Um, but here, but, but they can't get wet. They j- it just says they can't get wet. It doesn't say specifically that they can't get wet only with water. And they're drinking beer. They're drinking liquor. Lots of beer. And they're going pouring down. it on themselves. Yeah. So they're getting wet. Yeah, it's a little mm. weird. But none of them are producing more gremlins. So right. I, I was kind of like, maybe it's the alcohol. I don't know. You're but, right. That's a possibility. But then we um, we have a poker game going in the back with Stripe right. sitting at the poker game. And there's a hooker gremlin. Not <laughs> not the famous hooker gremlin. This is a pre precursor to that gremlin. Um, all dolled up with, um, you know, like 
She's got a wig on. She had like stuff. a short bob wig and everything like that on, and she's uh, sitting next to him. And one of the other gremlins does something stupid, and he shoots the gremlin. Yeah. <laughs> and Stripe like shoots that gremlin, um, which all... leads me to to say, where the hell did he learn how to use a gun? But then For I remembered what? all the TV that he was watching. And so. but I mean, they're all they're all singing carols too. You yeah, know? they've only been around for five five minutes. minutes. <laughs> and um, they're all they're all jamming out to this Peter Gabriel song. And then there's the one like noir detective gremlin with the cigarette oh, that's like in the back corner. I, shooting this whole thing must have been so much fun. Mm-hmm. Just coming up with like how many little like gremlin vignettes can we can we do here? How yeah. many like little little moments and scenes and like gremlin characters can we come up with um well i love that little noir guy because he's in the back and he's like you know it's that typical noir like he's got the fedora got the over fedora one on. eye yeah. with the cigarette yeah. and the, the bottle of jack or whatever he's yeah. drinking and the lights like half cut cutting his face and the other half of his face is in darkness you know yeah. it's perfect and then all of a sudden in the back of the shot you see a puppet and then you see another puppet and it's a gremlin with puppets on his hands, like being like, it's a puppet running a puppet. It's a puppet running a puppet. It's puppetception. Oh, man. <laughs> so it's all these stupid little scenes in this thing. And she goes to, um, it cuts back to Phoebe Cates and she goes to light, she light a, a one of the cigarette with a, like one of their cigarettes. And every time she puts the match with the flame on it towards them, he like backs off and then he eventually she does it again and he like blocks up and falls off the chair so she immediately puts two and two together which is actually she, it's more like she puts two and eight together to get four <laughs> yeah because right. she makes a huge leap in logic at this like, point oh she, they must not like light yeah i'm like as opposed to not I, liking fire 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 is what i would have been <laughs> so she grabs the the uh polaroid that's polaroid one step with a flash bar on it seriously guys <laughs> did you hear that did you seriously do you Anyway, is your next podcast going to be Steve Talks About Cameras? So she grabs the Polaroid one step with the bar flash on it, and she starts just randomly clicking it and flashing um, the bulb at at them so that they freak out, and then she eventually sets the bar on fire, basically. She starts, like, they start, like, doing things, and she basically just, does she just get out of the bar? She goes to, like get out one of them like tries to stick her up with a gun oh yeah that's right he's wearing a ski mask and everything but um is that like billy shows up to like get her out of there anyway right yes yeah so billy shows up and gets her out of there and they end up going back to her house yeah so she like tells him the story which is essentially that her dad was gonna surprise her and her mom for christmas by dressing up as Santa and going down the chimney, but uh, he got stuck and broke his neck and died in the chimney. Mm-hmm. Merry Christmas. That's why she doesn't like Christmas, and that's when she found out there's no Santa. Right. Sorry, kids. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, maybe that's why. Maybe that was like the real thing that got parents like, oh my god, my kids. Like, we're yeah, just told that, that there's no Santa they, and gremlins. Gremlins exist, but Santa doesn't. I mean, that, that was the big problem with this movie. I mean, um, so that was that's the other scene that really, like, Phoebe Cates just kind of, like, her character just, like, throws a dark shadow over the whole, whole but she movie. But she does a great job. She does it, do though. a great job. Yeah. I like how she tells the story and yeah. everything. And um, they end up, at this point, I don't... 
I don't remember how they find out that they're all at the movie theater, though. Um, I think they were just wandering around I think they town. were just going down the street, yeah. and they saw the gremlin grabbing... Um, he was, like, looking for popcorn in the concession thing. Oh, but yeah. But they had all they, raided all of the all popcorn already. Yeah, so they... Because they, they, they go in... And they um they see all the gr- they see all the gremlins at the movie theater, and they <laughs> they go, what are they doing? We're watching Snow White, and they love it. How did they get the rights to use Snow White for this? Because this is not a Disney it, movie. It is well, well, Snow White is a Disney movie. Yeah. Um, public domain. No. Was it public domain at no. this point? It's not a hundred years. It's not public public domain now. Is that the rules? No, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. That maybe is maybe it's because Spielberg had something to do with this movie and Spielberg just pulled his Spielbergness that and could was be like, it. like I need to use There was nobody hotter than Steven at yeah, this point. I need to use like thirty like thirty seconds of hi ho and, and uh you even see one of the gremlins is wearing a Mickey hat. Yeah. In the scene. Yeah. Do you um, think that was like uh, I mean Eisner wasn't running the thing yet. No. So No. Uh, so I can just so, imagine being like, as long as a gremlin is wearing a Mickey, Mickey hat. Ears. Yeah. So they, um, all of the gremlins start singing Hi Ho. This is something that, like, if this movie had come out today, I would just think this is pure anarchy. This is the best movie I've seen in years. Mm. <laughs> like, just, because it's just so, it would, if it was done today... I feel like it would be an incredibly subversive thing to do. Just to randomly throw yeah that that song in there, yeah. But like today, I mean, I mean, back then it was just it was. I'm sure it just came off as big laughs. Yeah, spelled L A F F. I, mean, L-A-F-F. <laughs> I it, I mean I think it's really cute too that they're all, they're you know, all in, in their gremlin voices. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all singing and dancing they're all in on it they're all they're all having a great time um and you see them like up in them you see them up in like the um, up in the projection projection booth booth, and they're playing with working it working it and everything trying to like move all the things around and get the film working and they're um, not union (laughs) hey when i worked in the in the movie theaters um when i worked at the little theater in salem for a couple of years i worked up in the booth so did you run the yeah the, everything? i learned how ah, to cut nice. the film ran the nice. you know the, or the trays and everything and anywho so spike's like spike turns to so, uh, well, stripe turns to the one sitting next to him he's like hey uh i'm hungry i'm gonna go get, yeah. get a snack you got any candy <laughs> so. want some candy little girl uh so he goes out to get a snack and he realizes that the candy bar has been raided right. and he looks out the front door and sees candy at in the, the window of the department store across he reads the, the neon he reads the neon that sign. says candy so and he goes, apparently yum, they, yum. apparently they also can read they can read so, so he leaves and goes over to the department store across the street to get candy meanwhile billy and phoebe cates are with, in uh, with gizmo with gizmos yeah, with gizmo and tow they have decided that they're going to blow up the movie theater and get rid of all the gremlins since they're all in a centralized location so they're in the basement and they pop open a gas valve yeah they're letting the gas pool up in the whole building and they close the door to the boiler room and they light a rag on fire and it's like a nine foot rag <laughs> they light it on fire they have like an hour to get out of this place before it it blows and they end up behind the screen 
and the gremlins are all singing and dancing and then they see them behind the screen they see their shadows behind the screen yeah, because the which, real ones <laughs> which <laughs> you would only see that if it was a rear projected screen and it's not they run behind the screen and you see an animate you see them it cuts from the front of the screen to the back of the screen where they are and they're running past it and behind them you can see all the gremlins and it, they're all animated and yeah, they're the on the, it, the bottom of the... It looks really cool yeah. the way that they... Because you don't even notice it, really. But it, it's that definitely like, like you know, cell animated. Yeah, like, like old school I, Disney animation. And I, yeah, yeah, and I feel like they that was probably like projected on the other side. Oh, yeah. In order to do it. To do it, yeah. Yeah, but it, um, it looks great. Yeah, and then they, um, they cut through the screen and they all start coming through the screen. And this is a little Muppets right here for me when you see like the the horde of of gremlin muppets yeah. coming after them and they're like trying to and they're like you know all you see is them from like their neck up right and then yeah. you see how tall <laughs> the humans are uh-huh. versus the gremlins um so they uh they finally they're running through the, all the back of everything and they finally get outside and they close the door and phoebe cates is trying to hold the door closed and all you see is all the little, the little gremlin arms the little hands <laughs> trying like, to like come all... out and you and all we, and you and i were both talking about all we all we could think of was that there was like four four like grips behind the door yeah there's like holding, four guys all there's four like props guys behind the door arms <laughs> in their hands doing <laughs> they it. each have like three arms in their hands and they're just like poking them out um they um they make it back to they ended up wedging something in front of the door and they make it to the front of the building and they're like across the street behind a car and, and they watch the whole thing go up in flames and um phoebe cates turns to uh billy and taps him on the shoulder and goes look in the window of the department store and you see stripe with arms full of candy he's got tons of candy. tons of candy and he looking at the fire and then he sees them and they see him and he runs back further into the department store and then we get the big boss battle right for yeah. this movie the final showdown the final showdown so they go in and um gizmo and phoebe cates go up into the uh, watchtower basically that ha- it's like the upper at the office that has the windows that you can see everything from and it also has the um the intercom the, the, the intercom and it's got the music panel. and the circuit panels and all that stuff in it so he tells her you know get the lights on yeah so she puts and that's, and that's when he gives her a kiss and he yep yeah. saying <laughs> he gives her a kiss and goes back out and down the stairs and grabs a bat and it's just kind of like sure why not why not um so she's up there with Gizmo, and Gizmo, she turns around to do something, and then when she looks back, Gizmo's gone. And he has gone on an adventure. Mm-hmm. But we see Billy um, kind of walking through the, the various departments of the department store. And I mean, it's a tiny freaking store, so I mean, there's, and you can see all of, you can get to all of the departments in like two steps. Yeah, so. right. It, it makes it seem like it's like <laughs> this huge. big store, but it's not. And it's it's kind of just yeah, it's not that big. No, and um, he goes over to the sporting goods section, and he is. No, he's in the TV section first. Oh, he's in the TV yeah, he's in the TV That's section great. first, and so he, we see all those great boom yep. boxes and TVs. and all that stuff. And then there's one, um, the gremlin pops up on one of the TV screens, 
and he like freaks out for a second and smashes that screen and then all of a sudden he pops up on all of the tv screens yeah. and billy realizes that he's standing in front of like this the, the yeah old the, vhs the, camera the camcorder demo. yeah the camcorder demo on this on the thing you know see yourself on tv and um yeah they make their way into like the the sporting goods section mm-hmm. and um stripe like hits him in the back with a baseball from a pitching machine yep which just cracks me up <laughs> and um this is and like stripe is just He's more than just a nuisance. Like, he wants to murder Billy. Yeah. yeah. And um, pro- probably for killing all of his children. <laughs> and, um, yeah, he comes after He comes after him with, like, he shoots him in the arm with a crossbow. Yep. He comes after him with a, a, a chainsaw. <laughs> he comes after him with a chainsaw, which has the wrong sound effect on Sound-like it. Sound like a drill. <laughs> no, it's, it, he, it actually... The sound effect that it had is actually a circular saw. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> and it's a handheld circular saw. And specifically, it sounded like a Makita, but I, I, I haven't heard of Makita <laughs> in a while, so I could be wrong. Um, but it sounded like an old-school, handheld, metal-encased circular saw. Okay, like, yeah, specifically yeah. the old-school ones that didn't have the plastic cases, okay. but had the big metal cases that mm-hmm. weighed 800 pounds. So I, that always cracks me up, because you expect to hear the... You know, the sound of a chainsaw, which has a very specific sound. Yeah. And I, I only hear them for the entire month of October running in the haunted house, like right. every five freaking seconds. So I know what the hell it sounds like. And so it always cracks me up that it was completely the wrong sound effect. He's, uh, Billy's holding the bat up to try to protect himself. And he's, you know, Stripe is like chopping at the bat. And Gizmo on his adventure has found a Barbie dream car. Yeah. And he is going to save Billy, and he's driving... He realizes that there is... um, That the sun is coming up, and that there is... There are windows in part of the greenery section of the department store in the garden section, that if he opens them, he'll be able to um, kill Stripe. So he finds his little Barbie dream car, and he's playing his racer, just like he was earlier in in the movie. And he hears the voiceover of that movie in his head while he's right. driving <laughs> and he's driving through the whole story he's getting into like it, it just reminded me of like one of those um the uh very specifically the micro machines snes game okay <laughs> that's what it always reminds me of so i'm thinking of super toy cars on yeah the, on, on the, the xbox, xbox. he's so he's driving through the whole the whole store and he runs um he runs up a ramp and it like it's like a snow shovel yeah it's like a snow shovel and he like runs up this thing and he like goes over spike or something like that and spike stops what he's doing and ends up stripe. in the stripe sorry i have called him spike for no, no, like I've my whole a, life i've done it a couple times yeah um so they end up in the greenery section and they um phoebe kate's managed to turn, to turn on, on the, the lights the, but not the sprinkler the, the fountain the, the fountain yeah while she's trying to turn on the light she accidentally turns on the fountain that's in the the garden section but also when she does turn the lights on the pa- the way that the panel is is that there's like a guard there's like the regular circuit breaker door and then there's like a guard door on the inside that you have to unlock she like pulls on it enough until it opens but at one point she like rips it open and i could tell the where her hand was if that was made out of actual metal she would have sliced her goddamn hand open uh, yeah i mean 
I was like, there has to have been an easier way to turn the lights on in this place if she's struggling that much to get the circuit breaker open. Um, why do you, what, what, is there like that big of an issue with the lights that you have to lock up? Not only do you have to lock the outside door, you have to then lock over, uh, like, is somebody coming in and turning the lights on and not paying the bill? Like, I don't, I don't know what's going on with those. Um, it's a little too much security for lights. (laughs) Um, anyway. So she gets the lights on and that's what blinds. Um, it blinds Spike and Stripe, and he throws the chainsaw back, and it lands on the ground and drags him to the other side of the store. Right. And when we were watching this, I remember going, and that's why you make sure that you just let go. If, if, your, power, right. if your power tool hits the floor, you let that fucker let, go. You let go of the trigger and you stand on top, you stand on the other end of the plug yeah. and it will eventually run and unplug itself. <laughs> so <laughs> That's what that shit does. Um, so at this point is when he notices that the fountain, the is, fountain running is running and he, he makes his way towards the garden section. And he see, and he, so he sees it and just, he turns around like pretty much to face the camera and goes, water (laughs) and then turns to his left and sees a case with a revolver in it and he just says gun (laughs) and i laughed so hard you did lose your shit at this little uh, at this little guy seeing this gun and immediately getting gun fever like i gotta have this gun like it's like i'm gonna go jump in that fountain and i'm gonna have a gun and no one can stop me just this little this little but it's like demon with just just total gun lust and he's like weighing his options he's like so if i jump in the fountain I'll create more gremlins, but if I have the gun, have it's like gun. it's like what's the better weapon? Is, is <laughs> what he's like kind of trying to figure out. So he uh, starts shooting things and stuff and shit, and he um, Billy is Billy makes his way into the greenery section as well as Gizmo, and Gizmo goes. This is when Gizmo goes flying over the shovel, and he lands. In the greenery on the side of the greenhouse, and right underneath the poles, the little, poles the, the little pull the, string pull things for the, for, window. for the window, for the shades. Um, and Stripe is laughing at him for just basically not doing anything and just like, again, being just cut, like just being there and being stupid. You know, it's the bully laughing at the nerd type of right, situation, exactly. and um. So Billy is coming in and he's like sneaking around and trying to like figure out what's going on. And that's when um, Stripe gets up on the side of the fountain and starts shooting towards yeah. Billy. And doesn't but he... he sticks his finger into the water? Yeah, he's. So but he's this like... is what this is what kills me though is that he's like literally climbing up the side of the fountain, getting wet the entire time. Yeah. And it's not until he sticks his finger in the very very top of the fountain. Yeah. That all of a sudden the fireworks start. Yeah, it's a puppet show. I know. Um, <laughs> again, suspension of disbelief. So, <laughs> at this point, he's starting to bubble and 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 you know mm-hmm. pulsate and on and the the balls are starting to like form on his back, and Gizmo grabs the um the pull for the shades 
and flies up to the ceiling and then yeah. falls back down. Right. Poor little gizmo. And um, the sunlight hits Stripe and he starts to melt. He just goes Like through. Indiana Jones, you drank from the wrong cup. He chose poorly. Right. Melt. <laughs> I was thinking like Scotty and Evil Dead. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. that kind of disintegration. Yep. And um, he is, you know, melting and writhing and screaming and... His body falls into the basin of the uh, the, the fountain. fountain, and it starts bubbling and hissing, and um, and becoming uh, all of the f- um, fog and everything starts coming off of it, and that's when we basically get the oh, okay, you know, he's dead. Things are things are back to normal, right. and we see um, Phoebe Cates comes downstairs, and is it dad that shows up? I feel like, up? yeah, his dad shows up too. Yeah, his dad does show up at this weird point in time, like, kind of like a last minute thing. Um, because they wrap Gizmo up in his scarf. Yeah. Phoebe Cates grabs Gizmo and, and puts her, puts it in a, her, him in her arm, the crook of her arm, and then wraps her up, wraps him up in the scarf. Um, and then we go home, we cut to Oh, no, we cut to a jump scare. It's one of the only jump scares in the whole movie. Um, all of a all sudden, right, uh, Stripe's body comes flying out of the um, yeah, but flying out of the fountain and lands on the ground and then disintegrates even more. He's just a skeleton. He's before, just a skeleton so. with, with, with a couple bl- white... The eyeballs are still in it, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah, ping pong eyeballs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we, go, we go back home. We go back home and, you know, Gizmo has a little sling. <laughs> right yep <laughs> that sling is the most adorable thing i've he's ever been, seen he's been through it he's been through it um and everybody is sitting around the fire and mom gets up to go get something and sees that the um the old man from the, the old shop. man from the shop grandfather yeah. has, is standing in their living room and um yeah he's just like there right? he just like shows up Ooh. and um Gizmo starts talking to him, and they're having this very animated conversation right. while, you know, Dad and Billy are talking back and forth about Gizmo. And the old man says, you know, you have to give him back. You, you're not ready for him. Right. And he goes on this whole tirade about how, um, you know, this is why, you know, humanity is not ready for this. This is, you know, you treat nature's gifts right. with such you know, disdain and you can't take care of things and this is why you're not ready. You're not ready for this. And um, It's like the end of a Star Trek episode. It is the end of a Star Trek episode. This is when Picard would tell you. Right. Well, <laughs> perhaps someday, Mr. Data. So. Shut up, Wesley. So they, um, that's kind of, but that's kind of what it ends on. Cause yeah, he, he but. Like, you know, and, there's and, there's one little shot that I I it, it's a it's a tearjerker. It's totally like a pull on your heartstrings. Yeah. And um, as the old man's about to leave, and he's all like grumpy old man, um, Gizmo says something from the box, and he goes, "Wait, what? Oh yeah, hang on a second. And he's like, well, "Oh, he wants to say something. He wants something for you." And Billy's like, "You can understand what he says," and the guy's like, "Yeah, just listen to him." And I'm like, and that's. Something else too is that throughout the whole movie, we've been able to understand things that Gizmo has been saying. Are you listening? Are you listening? Um, And he opens up the box, and little Gizmo pops his head out, and he just goes, "Yeah." And then he puts his head back down, and they close the they close the box. Um, And 
you see the whole family come to the door as they're watching the old man walk down the, the stairs. And again, this damn dog is the most amazing actor in the whole movie. <laughs> as he's walking by, you hear um, Gizmo say, bye, woof, woof, <laughs> from the box. And the dog looks at him and is like, woof. <laughs> then oh my god they keep walking that. i only caught it I've, i don't think i've ever caught it until the, this time when we watched it and i was like oh my god he says bye to the dog holy shit um and then you hear another voiceover from the father and the father is giving um the rules again and just explaining you know if you ever see a mogwai this is what you need to do and yep. you know treat it with respect things like that and you just see the old man carrying the box walking down the snowy street and you see like the city yeah. Like in the background, and he's like walking down the suburb so, one random nice, suburban street. It's a nice matte painting. Yeah, ending exactly. And it's it's a very cool Christmas movie. It, it's it's. I want to watch it again now. Now that we just great, talked about it, I want to watch it again. It's a, it's a great movie in general. Mm. But I would definitely be like, yeah, this is a this is a required Christmas viewing. Mm-hmm. I think um, just to kind of break everything up mm. from everything else that you have. Um, yeah, like, I, you know, I'm not sure if I would have liked it as much when I was a kid, mm-hmm. but I definitely, I don't know, I'm kind of glad that I've seen it now. Mm-hmm. At the, you know, I, I feel bad that I've missed out on what everybody talks about with this movie. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, you know, obviously better late than never, but I mean, <laughs> I just really, I got a lot out of it, you know, and I, mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, if I had seen it when I was younger so much of the the good shit would have gone over my head and it's really i mean there's a lot of um references to stuff either direct or you know indirectly like inspired by rather um but lots of references to old stuff Mm -hmm. um you know i mean never mind you know snow white and never mind like you know movies that they're watching on tv but there's just little this different motifs and stuff that are visited throughout the thing. It's just really, you know, or even like the Dr. Moreau reference, yeah. just like a joke that's in there, but there's so much. It's, it's a, it's a movie that's totally its own thing, but it wears its influences on its sleeve. Mm-hmm. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's a definite, like, you know, the kind of stuff Steven was, was big on doing back then. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just, you know, I just want to tell cool stories. That's all. And, you know, he was so busy that he couldn't do it himself. Yeah, that's how um, Toby Hooper directed <laughs> What's-His-Face. Poltergeist. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah it's the same thing. Yeah. That's got Steven's fingers or, uh, all the fuck over it. Goonies as well. He yeah. gave it to uh, Richard Donner, right? Yeah. So it's... um. Yeah, they, because so many of those movies, people are like, you know, oh yeah, it's a Steven Spielberg movie. I'm like, well, it was his money. It was his <laughs> money. Yeah. You know, it was his money, and he had his. You can. He had his fingers all over it. Because, and it's it's oh, yeah. funny because like, do you think if this movie came out now that it would be as popular as it is, or do you think it would get it would get thrown into like a Shutter exclusive VOD? And Unfortunately, no one would ever see it? that's the way that it is. Because if it's not something people are already familiar with, one way or another, mm-hmm. you know, then. It doesn't sell quite as easily. But, you know, people are seeing that stuff. Things that need to get seen are getting seen. You know, I mean, like, look at Mandy. Like, we haven't we haven't watched that yet. Mm. 
I'm not even sure if I'm going to like that movie, but I'm dying to see it. Yeah. Because everybody who's seen it says it's amazing. Yeah. And, um... Well, just to go off on a tangent about that movie specifically, a lot of people that I know who have seen it, and a lot of the pod- the horror podcasts I listen to that have seen it, all basically say they let Nick Cage just go wild. Fine. And they were basically like, this is kind of the plot point that you need to express in this scene but other than that just be yourself thing is he's, and he did <laughs> but he's good at that too yes. like you can tell him like nick as long as we get here that's all i care about yeah. like, like did you yeah, see right. did you see mom and dad mom and dad that he was in no oh that came out like last year right? yeah he was freaking amazing in that sure. movie I'm he sure. just needs to do more movies where he's just batshit crazy well, that's it after, and, after the last year or yeah. so that he's had i think that He's getting more of that, but it's not, yeah. it's never going to be something mainstream. No, but that's fine because you know what? He's such a cult favorite actor now anyway, yeah. that it's, it... I'm coming back around on liking him again. Yeah. Cause like for a while there, I was like, God, he's just doing nothing but just trash. Yeah. But at the same time, I saw an interview that he did for Mandy where he said, um, you know, I just always got to be working. Yeah. It's like, I, if I'm not working, I'm not, you know. I don't know what I'll get myself into. Yeah, he'll get you know? in trouble. <laughs> you know, he's, so. Yeah, he absolutely will get in trouble right. if he's, he's not a, he's not working. It's like Robert Downey Jr. Oh, yeah. Same RDJ, way. same thing. So yeah. That's why he's been playing Iron Man this long. It's like, oh, I need something to do. Otherwise, that cocaine, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm just going to keep yeah. snorting that shit. But it's like, like you were saying, like, I don't think that this movie could come out now. Like, mm-hmm. if it, without this movie, movies like it, wouldn't like Krampus mm-hmm. Krampus wouldn't have been made if Gremlins hadn't been made hmm. all that time ago yeah you know even though I still haven't seen that but I feel like it's very much a spiritual successor I haven't seen that either now that oh, I think of it yeah. oh no okay no we'll have to, we'll have to watch that'll be another Christmas movie we'll have well, to yeah no. but overall you liked it loved it loved it yeah do you want to watch the second one now just to see how crazy the second one gets i, mean, I don't know if i want to watch it immediately not like right the second but yeah but no I mean... but i yeah i would definitely like to watch the second one okay um i know that like tonally they're supposed to be oh they're different they're a 180 from each yeah, other okay but yeah. um i mean just at least just to watch and see what the creature effects are like because mm-hmm. i mean this there's just moments in this movie that i'm sitting there watching it and like good lord like if i was the director of that movie i'm like i can't believe someone's paying me to do this because i've got these little puppets that are just all cackling and driving machinery you know that's the thing they cackle this whole movie that's it's like that's the only way to describe what they do is they cackle the whole freaking movie it's just that's it's what you got frank welker for i know this has always been a classic like i said earlier and i i to this day, make references to this movie all the time, and it's this is one of those movies that I hear it in people's uh, conversations. They'll they'll sell they'll say something to the effect of you know, up oh, don't get it wet. Make sure you don't feed it after midnight. You know yeah. things like they'll just randomly throw shit out like that. And then me working in, um in theater forever, um, someone will turn on a light, and I'll, I'll always go bright light, bright light. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> same thing with the haunted house. We do the same thing when they turn the ho- the lights on at the end of the night. We're all like, <laughs> we can't see. Um, but now at least when I do say stuff like that to you, you'll get the reference now. Yeah, right. Yes, <laughs> you'll understand where that comes from. So that is uh, Gremlins, nineteen eighty four Gremlins. It sure is. Yeah, that was great. 
So uh, everybody have a happy holiday, whatever holiday you celebrate. And uh, we will see you no, soon. We'll, and we'll be doing doing whatever I pick. Whatever you pick next time. Yeah. Do you have an idea yet? I have I have an idea. It's not what might cons- might not what would be considered a Christmas movie, mm-hmm. but it has a it has a weird Christmas connection for me. So oh. maybe maybe that'll be the next one. Is this going to be another one of those? Your mom showed it to you when you were six, and you shouldn't have seen no. it. No. Okay. <laughs> You can catch Steve and I here on the Watch Pile for our next episode. Uh, you can also catch me over on the Death Rattle podcast as well. Yes. Talking all things horror. 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 Talking all things horror with the uh, ladies and gents over there. Um, done a couple uh, special episodes and I'm actually going to be transitioning into being a semi-full-time, not really full-time no, full time. I'm going to be transitioning into a full time host on that uh, show as well. Nice. Um, so you can come over there and hear me talk shit about horror movies with that with everybody over there. So that is uh, the watch pile for this episode, and we will see you later. Catch you next time, kids. Goodbye, everybody. love scanning for life forms. Life forms. You tiny little life forms. You precious little life forms. Where are you? Uh, yeah. Yeah, baby. That's a Brussels sprout burp. That's what that uh. is. <laughs> Tasty.